Welcome to Ashes with Ash, a storytelling podcast from your tobacconist community, bringing you stories of life behind the cigar. Join me on this adventure to find the coolest cigar lounges, smoke some lovely cigars, and seek out the most incredible stories from our cigar lounge friends, owners, and customers. Let's tap into these untold stories with a little smoke and ash. Welcome back to another episode of Ashes with Ash, and welcome to the very first solo episode. Today we're talking about the history timeline of cigars, starting from 100 AD all the way to 2020. The smoking of tobacco has been found in 7,000-year-old pipes found in Patagonia, and more evidence shows that the Mayan civilization in Mexico was using pipes to smoke around 100 AD. Jump to 1492, Christopher Christopher Columbus finds tobacco in Cuba. The indigenous Indians were rolling tobacco leaves and inserting them into their noses and breathing out smoke. It's believed that the Arawak Indians emigrated from the mainland of South America to Cuba and brought the original tobacco seeds with them. By the early 1500s, the Tainos Cuban natives descend from the Arawaks had already shown Spaniards their laborious process for growing and processing tobacco. These steps of transplanting seedlings piloted for fermentation and even packaging and aging leaves in palm bark remain the foundations of cigar production today. In the 1500s, France, England, Holland began using snuff and smoking tobacco in pipes. Conquistador Hernan Cortes brings tobacco seeds back to King Charles of Spain. Then Spanish settlers in Cuba begin to cultivate tobacco for personal use. In the 1600s, pipe smoking spreads through Europe and parts of China, India, and Japan. Settlers begin to cultivate tobacco in Jamestown, Virginia in 1612. John Smith, the husband of Princess Pocahontas, is the first settler to grow tobacco commercially for export. In the 1620s, Francis Cardinal Richelieu levies a tax of 30 sold on a pound of tobacco. This trend towards taxation spreads throughout Europe as tobacco usage becomes impossible to stop. In the later 1600s, the cigar as we know it today is born in Sevilla, Spain where thousands of laborers give birth to the cigar industry. In the 1700s, cigar factories sprout up across Europe, including Rome, Germany, and France. King Philip of Spain organizes a monopoly of the cultivation of tobacco in Cuba. Cubans will be regulated for supplying raw tobacco for the mother country for the next hundred years instead of developing their own cigar industry. For taxation and control purposes, cigar production in Cuba remained illegal until 1817. In the mid-1700s, Mearsham found in Central Europe is discovered to be an excellent material for pipe bowls. In the late 1700s, lithography, a color printing process, is invented, sparking marketing and advertising advancements through printed cigar labels. In the 1800s, King Ferdinand, by royal decree, makes the production and sale of tobacco a legal endeavor in Cuba, creating the birth of the Cuban cigar industry in 1817. In 1827, 
John Damie Partigas establishes Florida Florida Tobacco's Partagasy Campania on the edge of Old Havana, where it still operates today. In the 1830s, Cuban archives indicate the use of cigar bars. Then in 1836, chromolithography is invented in Germany and later perfected in the U.S. by the creator of the first greeting card, Louis Prang. Chromolithography is the use of more than one color and stone. In 1840, Francis Comoy begins carving pipes out of briar in St. Claude, France. Briar was a revolutionary material because it enabled smokers to hold the bowl in their hand, which was impossible to do with clay pipes. Additionally, briar possessed a natural beauty and grain that clay did not. The French began producing wooden pipes with porcelain and clay liners, a style of pipe that is still made today. Around the same time, innovative Dutch merchant Gustave Bach distinguishes his own cigars by placing a paper band on them. In 1859, Cuban tobacco production doubles since the deregulation. Approximately 1,300 handmade cigar factories are in existence in and around Havana. In 1868, the Missouri Missouri Meerschaum Company in the U.S. was founded by Henry Tibb, which was still the largest producer of corncob pipes in the world. In 1895, Jose Martin, the Cuban leader of independence, incites revolution against Spain by sending the message of insurrection from the U.S. to the Cuban rolled cigar. Now on to the 1900s, over 700 small cigar factories are registered with the U.S. government, with maybe another 30K unregistered. Seven seven out of 10 men smoke cigars in the U.S. at this time, marked in 1905. In the 1920s, cigar rolling machine is produced in America, just as Cuban cigar making is reaching the pinnacle of achievement. The golden era of cigar labels winds down with the growing popularity of photomechanical printing. Pipe smoking begins catching on in America as a sophisticated pastime. Until now, pipe shops were virtually non-existent in the U.S. because tobacconists were primarily focused on cigars. In the late 1920s, increasing cigarette consumption due to the industrialization, the advent of the cigar rolling machine, and the financial crash of 1929 all contribute substantially negative impact on the Cuban cigar industry. In addition, industrialization affects the pace of life, creating less time for the enjoyment of cigars. In America, the mid-1900s pipe smoking becomes the symbol of sophistication and reassuring cultural icon, thanks in part to moves, magazines, and marketing. Next, the Sommelier Society of America opens its stores in the U.S. and begins education enthusiasts. In 1959, Fidel Castro and the Cuban Revolution instigate a mass exodus of Cuban cigar makers to the Canary Islands, Dominican Republic, Central America, and the United States. In the 1960s, Cuba quickly changes course and re-releases old cigar brands. The Castro government begins the process of nationalizing privately owned tobacco farms. 
Great cigar makers like Fuentes, Torano, Mendez, Policio were forced into exile. Next, the birth of the famous Cuban Cohiba was created for Fidel Castro in 1966 and later given away to VIPs and diplomats. In 1982, the Cuban Cohiba brand is made available for sale to the public. In the 1900s, the launching of Cigar Aficionado magazine by Marvin R. Shankin, publisher of Wine Spectator, helps instigate the beginning of worldwide cigar renaissance. On to 1994, the Cuban government create Habanos, which is in charge of the global distribution and marketing for Cuban cigars. A few years later, commercial introduction of the Cuban Trinidad brand arises. Production on the Trinidad brand started exclusively for Fidel Castro. The brand was created to take place of the Cohibas as Cuba's most exclusive and prestigious cigar. In 1999, Swedish Match, Europe's largest tobacco conglomerate, purchases the machine-made tobacco business from General Cigar, the U.S. maker of Macanudo. The SEITA, in French meaning Company for the Industrial Exploitation of Tobacco and Matches, the French Monopoly buys U.S.-based Consolidated Cigar, maker of the non-Cuban H. Upman, Monte Cristo, Romeo and Julieta, San Luis Rey, and other famous premium brands. Later that year, the SEITA mirrors with Spanish tobacco monopoly Tabacalera for Altidus, the largest buyer of Cuban tobacco in the world. In the 2000s, Altidus completes 50% acquisition, 500 million, of Cabana's SA, the global marketing and distribution division for Cuban cigars. Habanos have few physical assets, including ownership of Cuban brand names, an equity interest in Habanos retail stores around the world, and exclusive rights to distribute Cuban cigars. Next in the 2000s, Swedish Match finalizes 64% purchase of General Cigar, then 100% in 2005. In 2007, the Scandinavian Tobacco Group, STG, purchased CAO, and Swedish Match purchases online retailer Cigars International. Then in 2009, STG purchases factories that produce Torano brands and begins merger with Swedish Match, taking a 51% stake in the new company. On April 5, 2011, the Traditional Cigar Manufacturing and Small Business Jobs Preservation Act is introduced in the U.S. of House of Representatives, calling for regulatory exemption for narrowly defined class of premium cigars. This is the first time the industry has initiated such legislative protection. In April 2014, the FDA releases the proposed rule to begin regulation on e-cigarettes, cigars, and pipe tobaccos. The proposed regulations could make the intro of new cigar and pipe productions economically impossible. Also in 2014, Swisher International, one of the world's largest machine-made cigar makers, buys Drew Estate, the largest manufacturer of premium-infused flavored cigars. 
In 2015, Imperial Tobacco creates Tobacalera USA to oversee Altidus US. Altidus USA, JR Cigar, and Casa de Monte Cristo, continuing the trend of vertically integrated companies controlling productions, retail, and mail order, direct from the seed to consumer. On May 10, 2016, the FDA publishes the final rule deeming all tobacco productions subject to authority part of this rule outlaws productions not manufactured or marketed before February 15, 2007, unless approved by the FDA. On July 15th, a lawsuit is filed by CRA, IPCPR, now PCA, and the CAA to combat the onerous regulatory agenda of the FDA. On December 4, 2017, the CRA, PCA, and CAA lawsuit oral arguments are made. This is the first time in the industry in court to litigate the federal regulation of the industry. In 2018, FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb announces advice notice of proposed rulemaking in speech calling for new public comment on premium cigars, while federal judge Amit Mehta delays warning labels on cigars. On April 5, 2019, the U.S. Senator Marco Rubio has the first ever congressional hearing exclusively on issue of premium cigar regulations. By September, national media outlets in the U.S. report on more than 450 cases of mysterious lung illness and a handful of deaths linked to vaping. The FDA then announced its intention to ban flavored e-cigarettes. Finally, in 2020, the saga continues. Business and brand consolidations continue in the cigar and pipe tobacco industry as the culture war against cigars, against smokes and regulatory threats continue to grow. Taxation and denormalization of smokers is reaching new heights, which threatens the industry, consumers, and basic freedoms. Crazy. Crazy history and current events. To me, the best part, uh, the best part about the art of cigars is that you don't have to smoke them to appreciate them. Just as you don't have to be an artist to appreciate art, like an artist, this is not just tobacconist life work, but also their passion, what satisfies their well-being. Cigars are almost exactly like fine wine. Each part of the tobacco leaf grown in different countries, regions, soils, climates, carefully and delicately calculated to create the ultimate experience. From planting the seed to rolling the filler, binder, and wrapper, finally to the aficionado's lips. This process takes years of hard work, so much love, all to create a beautiful experience to fill your time with beautiful people. Anyways, thank you all for listening. Let me know what you thought of this episode if you'd like to hear more cigar facts and history or just some more solo episodes. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. The information for this episode I got from the Tobacconist Handbook. You can actually find it on Playbooks. I found it there, and it's been so helpful. Very interesting. So you guys should check it out. Thanks again.